everybody, David here. This is the second half of the Actual Garbage Podcast's review of Undertale. If you have not played through all there is to play through in Undertale, we spoil absolutely everything, so we recommend you go back and do that, not only because we spoil everything, but because this is a game you should play. Without further ado. Okay, so. Yep, we are down a Hanari now, but we will soldier forth since God, we, we got to... We gotta finish this. So yeah, daylight's running out. We're gonna it. we're gonna make it. Actually, flip the lights on. May as well get them going. There we go. Okay, so we just finished up the True Lab. Thoughts about the True Lab? Smoothie. Anything before we want to go into it? Good time. Yeah. No, um, no I think the, the 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 aesthetic of the True Lab and the message it really you know the the, the story that it reveals is well yeah. done as well. I mean, I've got some larger points. Maybe we can get to after the after. Oh that. yeah, okay. no, we're, we're almost there. Yeah, okay, good. We'll yeah. get there. Um, so now. They wall off the exit, mm-hmm. and you have to go to the end now. Yep. You don't have a choice. Uh, or I guess uh, you, I think you can backtrack maybe for food or something. But you then re-engage the Asgore fight, which is preempted almost immediately by Toriel, who in a very, what I thought was a very clever counter move on Toby Fox's part, he, uh, Toriel directly mentions a loophole in his story. He addresses a loophole in his story in Toriel's speech to Asgore. Mm -hmm. There was, at any time, Asgore, being a monster in possession of a bunch of human souls, could have absorbed a human soul, gone out, got six more human souls, and broken this. Right. Mm -hmm. Could have done that at any time. But he was too much of a wuss, and he wouldn't do it. Right. And Toriel was disgusted by this. So she left him. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, we don't have to dwell on that particular part, though. That's mostly just hemming and hawing. You bring all the friends together. Yeah. You get a good feel-good moment just in time for another you fight. idiot. Yeah. Another, <laughs> another being blamed of idiocy. Why'd you bring them all here? Yeah. yeah. And that's great because that, that was Flowey's plan. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did that on purpose. So now he's got all the souls, just all the souls. Yeah, all human souls. All the monster souls. Because they had mentioned the... it would take almost every monster's soul to equal one human mm-hmm. soul. Yep. So I just needed the six and everyone. Yep. <laughs> and now he has it, and now he gets to come back in his true form. Right. Good old Asriel Dreamer. Mm-hmm. The little goat angel of death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the turtle's words, not mine. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's the Delta Rune is a reference to the angel that would come mm-hmm. rescue them all. So, Well, it would make the underground run empty, yeah. either because they left or because there are none. Prophecies yeah. are shit that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you have the Azrael fight. And uh, during the Azrael fight, you uh, your determination becomes so strong that you don't need saves anymore, which is good because you don't fucking have the control of them anymore. Yeah, exactly. Your heart merely reforms itself because the personality, your strength of character is now so powerful. Having reached the pacifist route, having said no to violence this many times, you can say no to anything. Right. You've said no to death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you enter into a fight that you cannot lose in any possible sense because you don't even get a game over screen. You just reform. Yep. Yeah. You are you are unflaggable. And I mean, even talking about it now, or when I, I saw this fight for the first time, it's very spectacular. The visuals are you know not quite on the level of what Flowey did, 
Um, but they're very exciting. Oh, the music very, is very Japanese. Yeah, very Japanese. It is, it is a very triumphant kind of. This is the final moment kind of fight. Right. But doing it again, it's not. It's just not the same. See, like <laughs> seeing somebody play it and they the heart reforms and they go oh, feeling that being the person going whoa yeah. is that's that's what makes it such a great game yeah. is you did it yeah i <laughs> because all of the actions <laughs> uh yeah getting excited. just burp it out yeah, man. Yeah. yeah man just had to get it out uh, <laughs> there's a lot of button pushing of you know constantly sparing saying no but the button pushing isn't all for naught it's not tedious it's not arbitrary it is you making a choice every time and yep. sometimes that choice needs you to make it five times you got to say mm. no 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 not just no once you know mm. and every decision you make is culminated to this moment so when you finally get destroyed or die and it feels like you failed and you come back together because you did it <laughs> you made these choices you're the one mm. that said no not yeah. this character. You're you're the character, and your commitment yeah. is overpowering Azrael's, mm-hmm. yes, and by extension Kara's. Um, there's and then it goes to the point where Azrael reveals his real power and transforms into the actual Angel of Death and immobilizes you. At which point, you have to pull in the dumbest, sappiest way on friendship. <laughs> but I really like the way it's revealed, mm-hmm. where you have to, where you can no longer save your game but maybe you can save something else. Mm-hmm. Because there's an implication that every time you're dying in the Azrael fight, that the monsters are becoming less and less real, which is, I mean, that's a meta or narrative. That you're becoming less and less real. Yeah, well, it, and it's the idea that you're becoming less attached to the world because, I mean, any world where you are pulling yourself out of it that way is becoming less real to you. Yeah. Like, that's I, that falls very much into just a a kind of one-to-one understanding of what it is to play a video game. Yeah, when you die, you can set it down. That's the time when you usually quit. Yeah, yeah. You're, but you're also, like, fully invested in the in that fight as well. By this, like you said, by this point, everything oh, is it, kind of, sim, you know, personal. everything is synthesized. The two the ideas. His, yeah, exactly. his argument falls on deaf ears because yeah, exactly. you're in it now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not, you're not even getting a game over screen anymore. The game just keeps going. Yeah, it won't let you go. Yeah, the memories aren't fading anymore because your force of will is keeping you in the game. Well, and it's also, too, that when, you know, if you're in a difficult boss fight, which, you, you once again, you will die in that fight with Azrael. It's not, yeah. yeah, you are not, I don't think anyone gets through that without dying once. I mean, yeah. It's I, tough. Yeah, It'd, I be, don't, yeah, I, it'd, it'd be, be tough. Yeah, and so, but that, that video gamey kind of feeling where you have, you know, tried and then you fail and you try and you fail and you try and you fail, you know, you, you keep going back. Like that, like, that idea of determination gets brought into this fight so well that, you know, by this point in time, and what I think makes this so cool at this point in the game, too, is that as you've finally gone through all of the shit, and we've kind of joked before about, you know, when I went through the game the wrong the first time, and I had to go all the way back to do it, mm. and David's like, are you, are you there? Are you through? Are you through? I'm like, I'm fucking determined, man. I'm going to get through this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you always, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but you're, I'd always tell you where I was at, and you're like, oh, you're almost to the end. You're almost to the end. You know, yeah. like, no, that fucking True Lab is not close to the end. <laughs> like, that is, I'm, I'm not close to the end there. And so... You know, you, I continually had to keep battling and pushing through this, and it, I, I was kind of struck on the on the overall critique of this game, which was that by withholding the true lab from you, and to a certain extent, that if you know many pe- many people playing this game, if if they had not had the internet, would not have gone and found the true lab section. 
or revealed the Ezreal fight as well. They imply the only way you would know is that Flowey implies and Sands implies that there's more to play. Yeah, if you didn't have that's this, all you get. Yeah, if you didn't have the, the but once again the determination to do this. Yeah, I felt that this was maybe the weakest one of the weaker points of the game, which is that. If you're going to have hidden elements or layers within this game, are you only writing towards the kind of like wiki game facts culture that is out there to have this to? I mean, are you not ruining the kind of organic ex, the organic discovery by having it much be a like bit a difficult? lot of the boss fights that you don't feel like you can achieve? Uh, sparing Toriel, running away from Undying. Right. The hints are there. It's it's always told you like yeah. you're green. You can't run away. Yes. So okay. What should you need to do? Like you need to show me that you're tough enough out there. Mm-hmm. But you should try to be nice to everyone. Right. Like, it, it always hints that there's more. I, I mean, think I the, think the it is luster ending with Flowey. He tells you it didn't go great, right? All You're right. not happy. You're not satisfied. You can be done, but you won't be satisfied. Right. Well, and the kind of people that wouldn't be done with a game at this point are the kind of people that check the wikis and stuff. They're yeah. the people who are invested enough. And on top of that, Flowey's contention is that you're never going to see these people again. So you're not going to go back anyway. You're not going to go back anyway if you don't care about the characters. Right. So as a result, you don't get more. You don't. You don't get more because you don't want it anyway. Right, exactly. And that's the game plays into itself beautifully. That yeah. Exactly. Way. You have to actually care enough about the characters to want to see more of them. Right. And to stop. Yes. Which yeah. we're now going to get to. Yeah. We. we, we the fight's not over. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. There's, so I just, oh, but I wanted to kind of, oh, yeah, I, I no. wanted to kind of raise this issue yeah. because, you I know, think... why, why Undertale gets is an, a very, very intelligent game, and it, and it has it, it, like you said, the the elements of the game and the the <laughs> the emotional resolution that you have when playing video games and why we play video games. I mean, it's it's always kind of joked when you when you talk to people who don't play video games, they tend to describe video game people as people who are you know, lacking something or who, ha you know, who can't make the real world. And sometimes, you know, people who play video games are some of the most, i.e., determined people, you know, that yeah. can be around. And so, you know, it plays into this, it plays into the gaming culture to a very real extent, but it also, I think, synthesizes in both the, you know, it reflects the people that, that play games, but then it also, in terms of revealing the story, you know, really, you know, Synthesizes those two dynamics so so well, and that and this and that and that true pacifist, so to speak, fight with Azrael. I think it really does synthesize those two things well yeah. with the heart, with with dying but not dying. Yeah. yeah, and much like in life, and the reason game people can't cope with the real world, as some people might think, is there's no instruction booklet for the real world. There's no definite end goal, final result. In this, at least you know if you are nice enough, it should work out. Uh, but it turns out on the first go, that's not even true in this game. Yeah. You can't do it the first time around. Yeah, it doesn't always work <coughs> out, but that doesn't mean you should stop. Yeah, and if you don't in this, and if you don't stop in this game, you're rewarded, and that's, and after a while, Azrael starts breaking on this um, toward the end of the fight once he culminates in his final power, which no matter how much power he has, he can't stop you. Right. He cannot kill you. Um, and it even gets to a point where his crazy, ridiculous attack is just not is just moving the decimal point out further on your health yeah, point total. Yeah. Like they just he can't do anything about it. And at that point, he screams, "Just let me win!" Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is the per which was basically the climax of the game for me because that was yeah. Azrael basically saying that he doesn't want this to end because. 
he doesn't exist without this. Right. If you win this fight, he goes away. Right. Like his world is over. And I That's really, really heavy. That is super fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. I like. Case in point. Okay, I think I can say this without without stumbling on my words now. Like, I mean, I I cried both times mm-hmm. during this I fight. I teared up seeing it. I actually cried doing it. Yeah, no, yeah. that's and I did it both times, and it worked both times. That scene is incredibly powerful. Um, in a way, most games just don't, when they try, they can't earn it the way they do in a game like this because normally you need to make sure that the player sees everything. This is a part of the game where, and I, I'm probably going to send an email into the giant bomb crew about this. I am terrified that they are all going into the game of the year. Even Austin, I don't know how much Austin played this game. I'm terrified they're going to go into the game of the year not having finished this game. Mm. And the game's good without the pacifist ending, but it's amazing with it. Like, it's it's a completely different game. Yeah. Um, there's, and it's, the story changes. It's well, it's no, a more story. But it's also too the what, kind of what the game's about is yeah. different. Yes, and it it, it 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 butts up against the kind of like cynicism or the idea that you know asking someone to try harder at something and mm. then giving them something different as a result of it. There's no way to cheat your way through this, right? There's no there's you no have there's, to do yeah, it the there's first no time. yeah there's no backdoor to get to this kind of emotional satisfaction. You know, because the the no, point of the ending, yeah, the, mm. the point of the ending is to have gone through and achieved what it takes to do so. Yeah. And like that is And then you know, to use that power to attempt <laughs> to use that power against a character in yeah, the game exactly. yeah. in a game where you only got here because you care about the characters like you said Absolutely. you only get here because you give a shit about the characters or you were forced to by a friend to be on a podcast <laughs> and then hopefully <laughs> and then hopefully that squares itself later but you but then suddenly he Toby flips that emotion on you because yes. all of a sudden you're not fighting your efforts are suddenly not in service of keeping the characters you care about alive they're about ending one to save the rest of them. Right. And this character is pleading with you to not stop him. Right. Mm. And that is like meta in, in, in it is it is meta in the way meta is supposed to be used, where it's not attempting to abstract the emotional layer from what's yeah. being talked about, but what? to actually add it back where it was supposed to be. Before Flyway transforms into uh, Azrael. He says that this is a game in quotes and refers to a saved point, mm-hmm. um, which in game terminology have their own meanings, but also have their own meaning. Like, life is a game, and <laughs> this is, we're just playing you out can, our roles. You can look at it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a saved point because this is what I've kept, yeah. what I've remembered. Like, the the terms aren't arbitrary. Like how in, like, a early Zelda game, they'd be like, Press A to swing. Huh, I don't know what A means. Like <laughs> that. Yeah, I get it. You're, yeah. No, you're all the fourth wall breaking game. is deliberate yeah. and very well executed. Yeah. No. Once again, the synthesis between the two dynamics within the story, as well as what you kind of get across, because every other bad guy or every other villain in a video game wants wants to win to do. You know, to move the story forward. And at this point, I mean, but at this point, we've like lost the story. Like when I was in this game, I'm like. You know, there is you've you've the like you said the game has encompassed everything. It has yeah. it has both this emptiness in the sense that you are 
you and and Azrael are are with each other now. There is no yep. character between you, but at the same time, it is both everything in the game that is encompassed with this. It has this 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 layer that I think is very very well done. And while I can honestly say, and you kind of alluded to it there as well, you know, my emotional connection to the thing hadn't ex was not the energy that drove me to complete this task. At the same time, it was it made sense when I went through it. And, yeah. I, you know, you'd have mm. to be pretty dense to not kind of see what was going on or how this was kind of relayed to you. And while, you know, once again, I had the reaction to the game that I hadn't expected to achieve. And that was what I think the point of this thing also is that it can be both confirming of why you love video games also, but I think in, in a large extent as well can can show you what video games could actually be doing or yeah. could oh, yeah. accomplish. Through the whole course, it's been making fun of... Isn't this fucking boring in a video game? Isn't this why you're here for a video game? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. this ending ultimately culminates of this is what a video game can do for you. Yeah. So David, you I mean, can care about what's yeah. going on. Have you? I mean, can we get? Are we? Are we? Are we? Because I want to kind of talk more about the larger extent of what this is trying to accomplish. Oh, about, well, with games. Well, also. then, well, then let's go. Uh, let's yeah, let's yeah, go finish ahead. going through it. You beat Asriel. We At this point, we can jump around because we've covered enough of the territory. The genocide run essentially lets you... Well, actually, I guess... Let's, let's you play a video game. Let's do, the, uh, let's do the conclusion real quick. Mm -hmm. You defeat Asriel. He's going to turn back into Flowey, and he's going to be a soulless monster forever. Mm -hmm. But everybody else gets to escape, yep. and there's ostensibly a happy ending. And then Flowey shows up, <laughs> and let's... And you can, you know... At this point, nobody's hitting fight anymore. Right. But you could, and you show him mercy. And at that point, even though he can't understand it, because right. he doesn't have emotions anymore, he is forced to appreciate. He, the, the, the pain in the ass that was supposed to be the malignant force who will always come after you is simply just by your sheer determination against him is forced to reconcile with the fact that you're not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So just let them go. And at the end of the pacifist run, you are Flowey pleased with you to not reset the game. Because everybody is as happy now as they ever will be. Right. Just let them be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what happens. Yeah. Just just let them go. Don't use the and, power that I was going to use for yourself. Right. Yeah. And just again, like an an appeal yeah. to attachment to fictional characters. I don't have a comparison to make. Right. There is nothing I have ever played where where they attempt to do that. I mean, and sure as shit, have never achieved it. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't get a because it. I mean, it, it. No game says you've beat me. You did it. You can go now. Like you should go now. Well, and everything's okay here. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Please don't reset the game. We don't need this hardship again. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we solved it. Let it go. Yeah. And that ties directly back in to the genocide route. Right. Because you may reset the game. You didn't let go. <laughs> for the worst possible reason. Yes. And the genocide run is culminates this in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Just... In a fabulous, in a fabulous way. You start the genesis. Oh, sorry. So, uh, I've played up into Undyne. Hanari got to uh, Sands, as we'd mentioned, and you guys watched a playthrough of the genocide run. The genocide run, yeah. Okay. Um, I so will I'll not play the genocide run because, true to the game, 
You care. I'm keeping. I'm keeping Flowey's promise. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I, there's no fucking way I'd kill Toriel regardless. And so. I made the heartless detachment of it's a bunch of ones and zeros out there. Go get them, kid. Yeah. Yep. Enter the genocide run. Right. Where. You trigger the genocide run by not merely <laughs> it's, it, it, the comprehensiveness of it is what makes it so cute. It's so deliberate. Yeah. You can't accidentally do a genocide run. You have to be in the first area and you just have to kill monsters until nobody came. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you get an entirely different game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where everything's soulless. There's still some humor. There occasionally there are points like when you meet Sans and Papyrus. You do get, get a whoopee cushion. They, yeah, they, yeah. they get they get jabs. Yeah, they get their jabs in. Papyrus complains that he doesn't get to say anything great when you uh, give him responses, yep. and you go through his traps, and he's like, "Fuck it." And yeah, and Sans is like, "My brother's always wanted to capture a human, so keep pretending to be one." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like they're all they know, and the towns have all evacuated. Because there's clearly a monster on the loose. Yes. Pardon the pun. We've met, yeah, we've met, we've met the enemy. Yeah. Right? I don't know if you guys saw it, um, but during the playthrough I did, the save points change from heartfelt, like, oh, seeing yeah. the snow around There's you no excuse you for your determination. At this point, you just clearly, you just have determination. Yeah. No, and when you click a save point, it says 16 left. And then once you clear all of the 16 enemies in the area, it just says determination. Yeah. Yeah, and that determination, because... And this is the point in the game where, if you had been playing the sappy version up to this point where you are saving everybody, or even if you just kill occasionally, determination runs both ways yeah. in a horribly yeah. dark way. Um, which, once you, uh, once you encounter Flowey, um, once, you've, once you're done skipping all the puzzles and murdering all the bosses in one hit because mm-hmm. you're unstoppable, um, and you're just watching your numbers go up, those numbers sure do go up. You go, you end up, you end up, and even Undyne, Undyne the Undying, her fight's hard, but she can't stop you. Right. Because you're determined. You can beat her. Yeah, you can beat her. Um, it doesn't matter how many souls, it doesn't matter how many people are working together, you've got something she doesn't. Determination. She has, you have the same determination yeah. that worked the other way around for good. Um, and then you go, and Flowey starts explaining and this is another... Flowey doesn't make sense without having run all three versions of the game, which is insane and a little, a little unrealistic. Um, but thankfully, you can watch all these things on YouTube now. So you don't have to worry <laughs> so about it. So if you feel like David does, you yeah. don't have to do this. Yeah, I'm not... Do. I will not kill Tori. You can, you can vicariously I'm, find out. I don't I'm, care how much better or worse it feels to play yeah, this. So I'm not going to. I didn't just kill Toriel. I let her get me down to two health and then spared her up into the point where she smiles at you and says, let's just go back inside. And then I killed her. Excellent. Um, and then she tells you, you know... You waited for my weakest moment. I wasn't protecting you from them. Yeah. I was protecting them from you. Yep. <laughs> like, just real cold-blooded shit. <laughs> yeah, so you end up you end up talking to Flowey, and Flowey explains that... Uh, Flowey essentially explains that being soulless, he couldn't care about anything anymore, and... He tried. Yeah, he, he, not for lack of trying, and then he enters into... A Groundhog Day situation where essentially he tries everything. He does every single thing there is to do in the world. He kills everybody. He makes friends of everybody. But because he is trapped in that world in a way that we as players are not, the world that he's in is finite. 
and that leads him to become completely corrupted. Uh, he can't leave, he still can't leave the mountain. Uh, like you said in Groundhog's Day, that middle phase where, you know, he was just kind of robbing stuff, killing himself, and then just this dark moment of seeing what he could get away with. Mm-hmm. If you don't have compassion, which he didn't, you're just stuck at that end. Yeah. Like, that's just where you end up. Yeah, and that's... Who you, just, could, you just stomp around. And, and who brood. could blame him? Yeah. That's the world he lives in. I am a god. Yeah. I'm not the god. I'm a god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just... He, he went to... He went and did every single thing until the magical day when the save didn't work. Right. Which meant that his old friend showed back up. And they were going to... They were going to rule the world together, man, except that it turns out that his poor little adage, uh, kill or be killed, in the face of the only person who could really understand Flowey, meant no one was prisoner. Mm. Um, we learn about Sans. We learn for real about Sans. <laughs> um, that guy's a motherfucker. The best part of the Sans fight for me is when he uh, <laughs> he justifies his laziness. Yeah. He's a nihilist. Yeah, when, when you've... he So Sans is explained in a fucking crazy meta thing about uh, a character who was taken out of the game on purpose to be a character who was taken out of the game, um, <laughs> who was a scientist, and Sans is kind of following in the footprints of that, has created some type of time machine, or at least a machine that allows him to hop between timelines. So he's kind of taken witness to all of these things happening. He remembers, at least vaguely, what has happened in the past. Yeah. And he's susceptible to the memory thing that Asriel um, yeah. alluded to. So he doesn't remember everything. But he can, if nothing else, whether the interpretation of the time machine beside, he is aware that something weird is going on. Right. He can tell. And he, he's fully aware that timelines swap. Yeah. At the very least. And uh, because of that, he's kind of given up. Yeah, so he does I'd try. He <laughs> knows he can't stop this. Yeah, he knows he he knows someday the worst possible calamity is going to befall this, and it makes it real hard to stay motivated. Yeah, right. Well, especially not knowing which one you're in as well. Yeah, he you doesn't. Know, yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, you're he, just playing a roulette, waking up. Well, he's kind of you know a little. I mean, he's kind of Buddhistic as well, in the sense that you know when his eyes go dark, there's nothing really inside him as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he is yeah. he is kind of a husk or a shell of what. And in which sense, the idea of determination is which something that he oddly lacks to a certain extent as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have it. Yeah. No. It's, it's 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 interesting to see that <clears throat> to see that and then to kind of adopt the kind of Joker esque, uh, well, not the Joker esque, but the kind of jester like appearance that he kind of has. Pre Batman Joker esque, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Watchman uh, comedian approach of. There we fuck go. It, if it's bad, it's funny. Like. Yeah, I think so because mm-hmm. he just doesn't. It's it's clear that he kind of has that relationship to a certain extent as well, where everyone who seems to have the, the drive or the desires is what he is, you know, gloriously kind of removed from to a certain extent, which is, once again, why I think he's a good character to have as your guide through this. Yeah. Just a certain level of detachment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But not... And a knowing detachment. Yeah. He knows about what's going on. Just enough. Um, and he's a bitch to fight. But yes. Once the, you murder that guy... The video game... All right, so something that you guys probably didn't experience watching it... When you go through and you have to grind through all of these enemies, you just kind of go into a dull state. There's no puzzles. There's no excitement. There's no text you read. You're just waiting. Mm-hmm. You just wait for the next face. And when you see, instead of an exclamation point of an encounter, a smiley face of an encounter, mm-hmm. you feel absolutely nothing. The combat is a chore. It makes 
it's a you reminded of what boring video games are like of where leveling and experience and numbers matter. And Sans comments on it the whole time. It's just, it, the, during his whole fight, he's commenting about how you're just, you're going through, you're not good or evil. You're just doing this because you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and it, that's how you feel going through it. I kind of like went into this cold emotional state because yeah. I'm not... I and was, the music follows. Yeah, yeah really. I, was, I was not supposed to care about these characters like, fucking Undying's hard. She's in my way. Yeah. I don't care about anything else about her. She saves the monster kid who you basically threaten off of a cliff. Um, (laughs) You know, like, the character acts on his own, and when you're acting, you're just acting like the character. It's a really weird feeling to have. It it also reminds me of, like, why I don't like playing some video games. (laughs) Fucking, I don't like grinding. Yeah, I don't know if I I I don't like the grind anymore. Yeah, I don't like... I don't like these aspects of what make this a video game. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like others. There's story stuff. You can read stuff on the walls. But mm. giving a shit about numbers going up and things being in your way instead right. of events to, like, figure out, it it feels bad. Yeah. Like, you f- you yeah. feel bad. Yeah. yeah. It's not, a- not for them or for you. It's just, ugh. Yeah. And then you... <clears throat> You kill Sans, you kill Asgore, you kill Flowey just unceremoniously. You're just, you're going through the motions at this point. You just fucking, you kill them. You don't even get prompts for killing Flowey. It just happens. Yeah. Oh, and Flowey has a big discussion with you of like, yeah, you understand me. You know how it feels to just go through. I mean, people like us, we wouldn't hesitate to kill each other. Don't look at me like that, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, what's that? I'm not gonna... smiling, yeah. And then you find out the puzzles were done because he knew not to get in your way because... He knows what happens to things in your way. Yeah. Right. And then he kills Ascor for you and says, like, uh, see, I was helping I the whole time. I didn't betray you. Yeah. But then he's in your way, too. Yeah. And you just, you mow him down. You don't even have any options at that point. Um, and then it turns out that Kara is made manifest in the game as the form, in the form of a vacuous smile on an equivalently genderless uh, child. Uh, who makes a bargain for your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the character's soul. Not the character's soul. Your soul. Because he's your character. This is yeah. Kara. The whoever you call your character. Uh, he wants your soul. Because you're clearly willing to give it away. You don't give a shit about anything. Right. And you're and because you are so soulless, because you're just doing this to get everything out of this game That's what you've done. (laughs) A character is making a bargain with... A character in the game is making a bargain with you so that you can go back and keep doing things. Because he knows you'll do it. You don't. You don't have a choice. You seem to have a misunderstanding about who's in control here. Yeah. And... I mean, I wanted I wanted to feel that. I wish I could have done a genocide run to feel what that feels like. But I have a feeling. It's... That's a great <laughs> having Kara as an essence that you're being pulled through the experience by some super level of consciousness like within yourself like people who play games that are hard on purpose just to do it yeah there's a part of yourself that brings you through these games you're not having fun when you're doing the genocide run you're not having fun you're getting it done yeah and there's a that driving force of dragging you through this slog of this game and you think that the numbers going up make you feel better but they kind of don't 
<laughs> and Kara is just that in all other video games. Yeah. Like, fucking, I guess I gotta go through here. I see so many people in live streams and, you know, Let's Plays where they say, oh, this fucking section. And there are so many games where <laughs> that's every fucking section. <laughs> there are times, I mean, fucking Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Not the first one. The first one's fine. Um, <laughs> but specifically Dark Souls 2, you run into that every turn. Like, oh, I gotta walk back through here. Oh, this is that fucking fight. Oh, this is the... Like, are you having fun? Like, no. <laughs> you're you're being presented with shit in your way, and you try to get rid of it. Yeah. And it's feeding some part of you, but it's not really who you are. <laughs> and so that brings us all the way around. So... Does anyone have an opening question that they want to pose to the group in discussion of this game as a total? I have one. Yeah. Dylan, do you have one? Kind of. Yeah. You or me first. Or Ryan. Go for it. Are you thinking about it? You go for it. What did Asriel do wrong? So, a human child who hates his life so much that he fell into a mountain with what has to be the intention of killing himself. Asriel finds this child, and this child is still so full of hate, but he has no other friends, probably because Toriel is an overprotective mother, that he is forced to befriend this bullying, just horrible, seething, wretched human being. Presumably. Maybe yeah. maybe that scarring was for a reason. Maybe the outside world was very cruel to him. Maybe the human world, we don't know. Maybe the human world out here, given the monstrosities they get up to, and uh, Flowey got seven human souls and turned into one, maybe the humans in this world are all just Actually insane wretched. degenerates. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's how it is. But however it happened, Azrael's only friend got a plan and killed himself again and put all of the onus on Asriel for this. And there's an explanation if you go back in the pacifist route and before you go outside, you go all the way back to the very beginning. The spot where you fell down. The spot where it all began. The spot where Kara is buried, it turns out. Which is how the soul gets indoctrinated. And we can get back into that. Um, Asriel talks about uh, the fact that Kara was the one that took his body back outside. Yeah. Not Asriel. There was an implication, and again, the monsters don't know shit about what's going on. Right. I mean, at this point... It was in the a hidden plan. At this point in the game, what the monsters think is going on is so unimportant. <laughs> like, they have no idea what's going on. But he, uh, he brings his own body back to the flowers, and Asriel forces it back without destroying the world, which was presumably... The since plan. Since... Since this kid tried to kill himself one time, I just need and, to kill six more people, and failed, he may as well take the world with him. That's the other way to get revenge. Yeah. And Azrael said no, and in that compassion, died and became soulless. Azrael mm -hmm. was actual Jesus. Just uh, the, yeah, no. Yeah. Azrael was no, a, he is was the a, ultimate martyr. Was victim, martyr, everything. And it was all because, and to some extent, it was because of his kindness. His kindness precipitates all the events of the game. What did he do wrong? It isn't what he did wrong, it's... What know, is Asriel's crime? 
at the end of the pacifist route, he does mention, you know, it's not kill or be killed, but you should try to be don't kill and don't get killed. It's kind of the <laughs> approach. Sometimes you got to either roll with the punches or roll out of the way. You can't stop others from doing bad shit. You can only control what bad shit you do. Yeah. And that's the that's the ultimate lesson that he tried to teach you. And uh, because, much like in real life, you can't be nice to everybody. You can't make everybody love you. You can't make everything work out. And he kind of knows that. He saw the true outside world, or what we would refer to as outside the game. And it's a fucking nightmare out there. Some people are just actually evil. <laughs> so just try to stay alive and don't be one of them. Because I've seen it. Yeah. There's a funny dynamic, too, where, you know, the game kind of goes against the kind of core moral of, you know, be excellent to everybody. Uh, except Kara, yeah. like maybe that's the person you shouldn't be excellent to, right? Maybe, is there is, are there people who He's are the un- person you need to get out of the way? Of. Yeah, are there are there people unsavable? I mean, is there someone who comes into this world or who who comes into your life that you cannot simply allow to be there? You can't allow their influence to take you places where you know you shouldn't go, and you know you know that influence isn't isn't the best for you as well. I mean, the crime. The crime is, is difficult because it's one that comes out of compassion. Or maybe it's the crime that comes out of the love that the game tries to espouse so much for it. Yeah, to withhold love feels like a crime. But that's that's what makes the Azrael question the one that sticks in my head. Yeah, it's no the doubt. one that's been in my head for two weeks. Because if you believe, if we believe the, the truism that just got stated that Kara has to be let go, Flowey won at the beginning of the game. Like, Flowey's original message was yeah. right. What happens when you run into someone who doesn't ever give up, who right. is always going to be terrible? And that's what Azrael did. Azrael was trapped in a world like that, and his kindness was exploited that way. And there was no way for him to keep it at bay under the moral guise that the rest of the game is built on. Right. Uh, some people have pointed out a the reason that you sell your soul to Kara and the what is supposed as the true, true pacifist ending is if you go back through the game after a genocide run for a pacifist ending, at the very end, the last screen you see, uh, you're in bed in Toriel's home, and you go to sleep, the door locks, and, you know, end credits. If you do a genocide run before that, your character wakes up and is Kara. Yeah. So you are the new Azrael. You are burdening the soul of this person but in that, you have also freed them, but contained them. Because they are now one with you, if you have any hold, any goal to withhold them, they are free, and not just floating around out there being malicious. At least that you have an eye on them. Well, but there's a, in the other version where you, I, I'm familiar with this, if you, if you go the other way and you say that you have other places to go, it also implies in the photo that you get with everybody mm-hmm. just... Uh, everybody's waving in a photo, kind of like marine yep. style, and um, all of the uh, all the other characters are xed out. Hmm. Strongly implies that that containment is ineffective. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's tough because I, it's also too because I don't. I mean, look, I gotta maybe gotta clarify something for me. I mean, Flowey is Flowey the echo of both. Kara and Azrael in one yeah. as well. Okay, yeah, there's like a symbiotic um, or that's he, that's he a little interpretive. That, that's a little interpretive because because yeah. the way that they interpret um, at the very beginning when Frisk falls down. Right. Uh, this is and again interpretive. 
my understanding of this was that Toriel buried Kara's body um, in that Tor- patch. In that patch. Mm-hmm. And that and that Flowey really mostly just is Asriel with the remnants of Kara because something about Kara managed to still possess Frisk when he fell down. Mm-hmm. Frisk, and I, I don't know that we didn't mention Frisk, Frisk. The, although it's the true I, I, name of your child that you are controlling. Of, of the character yeah. in the game. But that, it's the, um, the, the, the actual fallen child. But the, the ability for you to possess that child, for you to possess Frisk is that something of Kara is in the ground there. Right. Mm. And was suffused in Frisk, potentially saving his life. I mean, it's... That, that falls into its own can of worms yeah. with the way you interpret it. But, but it's... Flowey is mostly Ezreal, <laughs> is the yeah. way that I read it. Because Kara doesn't care about his parents. Flowey yeah. deliberately... Flowey talks about trying to endear himself back with his parents and failing to do so. Right. So... And it is Azrael's dust that is yeah. sprinkled on the ground there. But that is true. Yeah. Well, they had been fused at that point, which I think is where his bitterness might come from. You know, having been so close to this human soul. Yeah. Well, that's and again, it's it's just there's there isn't enough yeah. actual narrative in the game to confirm one way or the other which, which way that goes. You know, opens up for discussion like this, which keeps the game fresh and interesting. And yeah, we've talked about. Well, no, too, but then the but the way that the two their two relationship is kind of revealed also between Kara and, and Azrael as well. I mean, it is. I mean, how do you understand that dynamic between the two of them at the be- at, you know that, that takes us to the core part of the relationship and that the narrative then builds on? I mean, how? I mean, that is that can't be. Do they like? Do they love each other in like a brotherly sense at some point? Or, or I'm are assuming Kara is just psycho- one of them does malicious. Yeah, no. I mean, Asriel wants a brother. There's no indication Kara cares about Asriel. Yeah. So I mean, in that sense, I mean, you know, in the way that a child would, though, right? I mean, we can't yeah. necessarily blame Kara's childhood innocence, but yet she, but yet Ezreal is still guilty of it. Wait, say that one more time. In the sense that once, once again, if. if if the attachment of Azrael to Kara that that moves this that moves this dynamic forward might be part of the crime in which you refer to, is that is there an, is the nature of Azrael the character connecting to Kara? It does that kind of you know is that are you still guilty of that without necessarily you know, realizing you've committed the crime? Maybe, I mean, loving the wrong person can't. Yeah, no, it's not the conscious it's, act yeah, that creates the crime itself. It's the, yeah. it's the nature of the of of the compassion. It's the nature of the, of what you have within you as well. That is, that's the worst. That's the worst. That'd be the worst kind of crime to commit in a sense. Is the one that is by nature you are that you would choose anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I guess it it comes down to a dichotomy between love and trust because there was a point at which Azrael could have stopped Kara, um, and that was and that's when they did not so, right? going yeah. with the plan. Right. Yeah. He could have let him die. Not, yeah, well, or tried to stop it. Or tried to stop him. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Attempt to thwart him. Azrael and Azrael. You can't. Being stop kind him. of a well, and he, being he'll kind, do what he wants. Well, and being kind of a crybaby. Yeah. Azrael wasn't going to do anything out of, about it anyway. Azrael's defining characteristic is meekness. Well, that, but once, but, but as a child, though, I mean, it's not like you know, every everyone all the monsters are stunted to a certain extent as they appear from a normal human spectrum of emotions anyway i mean people you know the, the simplicity of the characters themselves are relayed to us and and you know as we try to construct a more nuanced understanding of what the world could or or should be you know we're relayed the, we're relayed these characters that have you know elements within them so for, you know undyne has just just this pure you know wanting to achieve this they, they have yeah. an archetypical sense to them exactly yeah and yeah. so 
you know, there, like you said, there is this kind of overdriving characteristic in which, you know, Azrael projects into this. And then, you know, you get perhaps, you know, Kara, which has that, that, that viciousness of what perhaps human determination can come from as well. Yeah. And when those two things are pitted against each other, it, it, it unleashes this struggle within this world that, that simmers under the surface for so long until your character brings the struggle out into the world. And then, of course, you know, Flowey then is able to both bring this, you know, bring this and made manifest. Because now, hang on here as well. I mean, is Flowey in control of things? I mean, because this, this is just one of many possible timelines. I mean, is this... I mean, it are stopped we, are once we, you fell down. Yeah, I mean, have we just, you know, have we changed the record, so to speak? And now, we're, yeah. you know, this is our, this you is, know. This yeah. is the one that matters. Flowey is aware of all the rest of them. That's right. the only part of Kara that exists in Flowey as mm-hmm. far, within my interpretation of the game, the only part of Kara that exists in Flowey is a sufficient amount of human soul that he is the most human thing in the underground, right. which is why he's in control of the save point. Yes, exactly. Until. Until. Yeah. An actual, until a stronger soul actually comes down. Okay. So... What about the remaining six souls, though? Do we know where those came from? Are those just children that fell down, which which failed the test that we supposedly passed by going through the game? I'm assuming so. Okay. They got got. They got got. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They um, they I got mean, to the Asgore fight, and um, they turned the game off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe, yeah. maybe they were as caring as you and just decided to let bygones be bygones and just okay. let go. Gotcha. Try to help them out. They gave up at the Undyne fight, they gave up at the spider, and gotcha, they were okay. collected over time. Gotcha. The only reason he, Asgore doesn't have your soul is because you, when you hit the game over screen, you didn't say, you said no. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the Otherwise meta. I, I love the meta of this game so much. Yeah, no, no, I just say, I just said, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm now 14, 15, uh, 16 hours out yeah. of this game, so I'm still trying to get You can be forgiven for yeah, no, so, needing I think, to come up to speed. Yeah, no, but I think we, I kind of want, I've, you know, talking about some questions as well. Um, Hang on here. Give me a second. Everyone's got something to go for it. Go for it as well. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense um, that you are delivered upon your death. The voice that encourages you to stay determined is, is Asgore's voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. He doesn't want to... He's too scared to actually do a lot of this shit, man. Yeah, Asgore, pressure. Asgore doesn't want to kill anybody. He's a really good fighter, but he doesn't want to kill... And for that exact reason, the people... He keeps telling the characters... Please keep going. And in fact, Asgore knows enough about this that he is not egging Frisk on. He's egging the original character on who also has a red heart, which we know from the genocide run because if you go down to the coffin, your character says it's not as comfortable as it looks. Right. Implying that he's been in that coffin before. So there is... um, (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. It's um no this this story ties to shit. and it ties together. It well, ties no. together so well. But as I mean as Asgore aware of that that this is that Flowey's in control. I think uh, no, uh, yes, we know that for a fact yeah. because Asgore knows how many times you've died to him. Yeah, so that but that's once again why he is he, Mm. Knowing what has to happen as well. I mean, Asgore well, and Azrael have to make make the well, same sacrifice. Well, but knows what has to happen. Does the fight because he um he, he goes through the motions, but and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to die. Yeah, there's a but he doesn't. But he also doesn't want to kill you. So he's in this weird, horrible moment, and he wants you to stay determined because he wants you to escape. Right. He wants you to leave. And it sucks that you have to kill him to get through that. Right. But there's, you know, it's kind of a sticky situation. Yeah. Since these humans all seem to defy Toriel and leave. Right. 
so what is what is he supposed to do? That's why papyrus. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm making this connection right now. <laughs> the reason that the royal guard is only supposed to kill him, the reason papyrus and sands are out setting puzzle traps. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't want to kill the humans. Right. They want to bring them in alive. They want to bring them into the lab. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which that is why. Sense. Which is why Alphys is following you anyway. Yeah. yeah. And which is why Papyrus is up for the royal guard is because he wouldn't actually hurt you. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, if push comes to shove, Einstein will kill you. Mm. But you know, they don't want to do that for. That's yeah. that's not their first line of defense. It's not even their second line of defense. Toriel, on accident, is their first line of defense, <laughs> whether she knows it or not. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, getting into um, what makes the game full of personality and what makes you coming back for more. Oh, and yeah. what makes them, I think a lot of the moments and every boss fight is pulled together by the music. Yep. I mean, that is Toby Fox's strong suit. Is He's a great composer. It's what he used to do before he started making bang-ass video games. And fucking every fight feels like a good time. If you lose, you're stoked back in it because the come back, the music's good, man. Yeah. All the moments feel right. It captures the atmosphere And if you perfectly. don't like the original, there's 80 billion remixes of yeah, every buddy. song now. You're <laughs> really sucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, the music in this game just, I mean, we've mentioned it, and it's hard to replicate, of course. I mean, you can go out. Um, I definitely recommend if you haven't bought the game to buy the combination soundtrack and uh, game. Just, oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a generic bundle for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, always. It's worth it's, it's worth it for the soundtrack. It's worth going in for the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first game where that's been the case, I would think. Uh, FTL, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, FTL's music's pretty awesome. Journey would not be the game it is without Yo-Yo oh, Ma yeah, in the course. background. This is not. This is this is precedented. It um, is an elevatory. Uh, elevatory. Elevatory. Uh, <laughs> it it really does elevate yeah. everything to you know the next emotion level. Yep. You feel everything a little bit more. It helps. It certainly the does. The silly bits feel silly. The it sets the tone so well for everything else. Yeah. Um, if, and as I would hope, uh, I was about to recommend that you play the game, but if you're here, I <laughs> you hope, just did. I hope you enjoyed the game. Um, I don't know. Do we have any closing thoughts on it? Any other questions? I got, I mean, I just, I like this game and I think this is one of the better video games that's come out a while now. You know, I'm not the most... I'm not the largest auteur of video game experiences, but I, you know, I know I'm generally aware of, you know, what what video games I like and why I like them, and I like I like the FPS, you know, the the, the soul crushing repetition of an, of a first person shooter. I can I can enjoy that and get into it from the competitive standpoint, at which you know numbers matter and shotguns matter and things like that. I can I can enjoy that. Oh, I play I play all kinds of video games. Yeah, and so you know, as we kind of you know adjust, adjust to this, we had I talked about it wanting wanted to compare this game to why you recommended this game to me, which would be uh, Papers, Please. Yeah. And for me, I think these two games link up very well. For one thing, as Dylan mentioned, god damn, must be two, three hours ago right now, <laughs> uh, the idea... It's been a while. Yeah, the idea that, uh, you know, this has a kind of singularity of purpose, right? A singularity of vision to it. Uh, the second thing is, is that 
that singularity of the story in which it's trying to reveal is also contained in the the visual aesthetic of the film, the the sounds, the 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 music, all of this once again beautifully tying into each other as well. The the next thing is is the the user interface and the actual gameplay itself. And the way that this kind of comes across is once again, JRPG is probably my least favorite style of video game. I mean, I got to be honest, I I find the, me the 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 mechanic of walking around and then you know, going into a battle. I mean, there's... Don't oh, play a genocide, God man. almighty. Yeah, you know, that's like, how it feels. That is the worst, worst... Fe I hate I hate that kind of gameplay. And <laughs> it is just... And once again, the, the I, hate, I hate menu battles. Like, that is like... It's like if the DMV made a video game. Like, that's the kind of video <laughs> yeah. game they'd make. Like, I just find... Press start to be okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Like... It's, it's just grating to me. But this game had an approach and a feel to it that I felt was very, very well done. And... The second thing and the second aspect that I find so enlivening, enliven, enlivening, enlivening, enlivening was oh, right. You're okay. good. Thank you. Enlivening. You already used auteur when you, I yeah, think okay. you meant Elevatory. another word. No, I, I know exactly what I was saying if I might have said it wrong though. No, but the idea <laughs> is that, but the, but the way in which it, the way, and you, we had talked previously about your level of involvement in the game is dependent on you. Yeah. Like there is like I do I do like this dynamic where in which we alluded to maybe an hour ago as well, which is, you know, how would someone get to this unless they had the the desire to achieve it and desire to see it as well. And yeah. that's kind of the point too, where, you know, the skill, the the gameplay aspect of what skill comes from, especially in a game like in a game like Papers Please, where it is both the it isn't it is so beyond the the the, the quiche the idea of a moral choice system you know like those things. you are you in that game yeah, in yeah, a way is, you just yeah, aren't in other games yeah. and it's it's beautiful the way that it's not black and white in papers please yeah because there are times when you sigh in that game and you feel like a desk clerk yes who just can't like i can't i yeah like fuck, man! I yeah. I can't help you. I know this. My the and every time the circle of my mother-in-law is sick right now. I can't <laughs> let you in, you know. Yeah. And that even as a whole, as even as a cold hard calculus in papers, please, that feels human. Yes, and in it, a br ridiculously brutal way. No, and the, the, but the but the beauty of that game is that it breaks down that barrier that you that we erect in video games, right? I know I'm not the super soldier running around, you know, running around a Call of Duty. Yeah. I know that's the case. And yet, a game like Papers, Please, which which looks less real, and this and so much of the two eight bit way that it relays mm. that it, that the graphics are, are are through that, it breaks down that barrier to where you find that rhythm and you move through this. And you, in once again, your determination is the soul crushingness of the way in which you would take to be that way. Your actions are what are moving things forward. Yes, and you things do not progress without you. Yeah, and you and you push this game forward and your desire to do that, you know, you doing well is doing your job well and finding a way to do that well is part of the point also. But then and watching like, somebody else do it wouldn't be fun. Fuck no, it isn't. Yeah. Like, trust <laughs> yeah. me, it's, it's barely fun doing it's, it, it, it Papers, it, Please. Papers, Please is the hardest game to sell someone on. You know, like, yeah. it's like just buy the fucker and they're like, oh, you'll be about? fucking miserable. Yeah, you have to like compare paperwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh it's well, so and that's, stressful. That's what makes Undertale beautiful is right. that it lures you in without that expectation. Yeah. Like in Papers, Please, hey, there's it's a video game. It, yeah. yeah, and it's quirky. <laughs> it. It's quirky and it's funny and the music's good. Like there's plenty to recommend Undertale. And again, this is why I talked about the five layers of this game because mm. it starts you off with exactly what you expect and it throws you a curveball. Then the bottom drops out mm -hmm. and then you're crying over. <laughs> goat people and then <laughs> and then even that stops like it 
it, it waits, billows out from there. It waits right. to destroy you. Yes. Papers Please takes no time, wastes absolutely no time doing that. Yeah, you and but as you as you go go through this, the the, the soul crushingness of Papers Please is the second aspect, which is why I think these games are comparable, which is that it as you've said before, Papers Please is 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 tough because it makes it hard to be a good person. Yeah. And like that is about like when when we like you you realize this in Papers Please, you're like, well now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take on the challenge of being a good person. And when you've like made that affirm uh, that affir- that affirmation, when you've made that decision to do this, like I'm gonna go through this game and I'm gonna get every coin, I'm gonna help every person out, and I'm going to get through. I'm gonna process as many passports as possible. You have to make a, a similar conscious decision to want to get through pay, to get through um, uh, Undertale, and that yeah. and that is an excellent excellent mechanism to get someone hooked into a video game and constructing a world, which is what both these games do very very well in their in their limited means. It's not a game, you know. You, world building is not graphics; like it is so much more than that. I want to get back to that. I yeah. think that's important. And the moral yeah. choices aren't abstract arbitrary like in you know say fallout where you can go murder a town of people and then give a guy a, home, a homeless guy a bottle of water and like you're okay yeah like it's not a bar yeah you don't <laughs> yeah it's not humanity they're not isn't even, a bar they're not even it's a switch. judging it in papers place no yeah. you're not they're not story they're not story mechanics arstotzka doesn't give a shit how moral you are no it's just you've got <laughs> to get people through like this is your job and don't fuck up enough or your or your you know the dots of your family get sick and cold and die like yeah. you do- the game doesn't reinforce your moral compass you right. bring all of it with you yeah which is and why that's... a lot of people don't like that game because if you're not prepared to do that if you're not prepared to care yeah. about what's going on, mm-hmm. Papers Please sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean fucking It's just game. a poorly designed management game. And yes. there there are games with uh, a middle ending, a good ending, and a bad ending. Sometimes they have like super bad, kinda bad, middle but you don't you don't feel like the decisions you made were your own. They mm-hmm. were set up by what is the upstanding thing for everyone to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Clearly, well, you save the children. Right. Well, and uh, I, I mean, saved Undertale seven children and ate two of them. But I'm a great guy because of it. Well, I mean, Undertale does have that going on. There are there are very well defined ways to play that game so that you're good and bad. And, but it locks you in. Well, and it, and more importantly, it it tries to <laughs> by breaking the fourth wall, it it tries to screw with your feelings about it. In a way that those games normally yeah. don't do. I uh, mean, Flowey, Flowey wants you to do a good ending so he can fuck you. Yes. Even if it backfires, he's playing against your desire to see these characters better off. Right. Yeah. And that's just, that's delicious. Yeah. And then, you know, in Bioshock, I you save the little sisters and you go back and fucking... Yeah, I don't whatever. give a shit about yeah. the little sisters. Yeah. Like, no, it's yeah. But it is kind of funny, too, that... I mean, just, I think about the fact that you thought about whether to take more Eve or not. Yeah, no, if there's a gameplay... Comp- if there's numbers behind... Like, they're just numbers to me, then. Yeah, like, I didn't think about whether or not killing Papyrus was worth the experience. Like, that's not how I approached yeah. that game. No. Yeah, no. The mechanics of the game were completely secondary to my decision-making. Yeah, yeah, and that's... I mean, it, Fallout, like, oh, this will decrease your charisma by something, or people in this town won't like... I mean, we don't have to keep shitting on Fallout. Fallout's a pretty good between, game. I mean, Fallout's fun for... How's Fallout 4? I haven't played it. Oh, okay. Me neither. <laughs> but I want to... Okay, so you, two things back then, again, if I, could, if I may. Sure. Thank you. 
<laughs> you mentioned Bioshock, and, and I, Bioshock Infinite in particular, I fucking really, really liked the ending of that game. I thought that, that the ending to Bioshock Infinite had, it had tried to achieve probably the best synthesis of what video games can be and what cinema can try to accomplish. Holy shit, do I disagree, but go on. Okay, no, I think, well, I, all right, I like the ending. I thought, well, for one thing, the, the emotion. Don't backpedal, I want you to own this. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, no. The, I'm not gonna fight you on it, because we don't have time. Okay, yeah, no, but okay, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think that that game tries to tries to, to end on a an element where, you know, you are not, the, the ending and emotional impact of that game, Bioshock Infinite does not connect to the video gameness of its ending. I mean, it, it has a feel and it tries to hit an emotional resonance that you are passively sort of involved with. And this game, I think Undertale is sort of cluing into the idea that video games can be something beyond the beyond relating the kind of cinematic experience as well. Because I think Bioshock Infinite goes in that kind of hard rain, that French guy, whatever his name is, you know, he tries to make movies that appear like cinema, like mo like actively active David movies. David Cage? Yeah, David Cage. He tries yeah. to make movies that are, you know, I mean, Hideo Kojima does it too, I think, with, you know... I mean, Metal Gear? Yeah, what do you like? Watch, you watch three quarters of a Metal Gear game. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, so, you know, there's just, you know, it, it tries to blend what's what active cinema. And Undertale is all video game. I mean, it is yeah, like, yeah. it is, it is, it is its own distinction. And if there can be a way in which the possibilities of something like Undertale can go through, because we, to a certain extent, we might be kind of, if they could achieve it without its meta-ness, I mean, if we could kind of boil down what it means to actually do this without the meta-ness of the game, I mean, if they could sell the story and the gameplay itself to such an, a, a satisfying emotional resonance, I mean, that is, that's, a possibility that, that can show us where video games or even virtual reality could go into the future. I think going back from cinema, trying to make it an interactive experience uh, because cinema is so passive, um, trying to work that into an active role where you're... Tr I mean, it's like going to a concert and saying, Who's hot tonight? And then, you know, well, fuck, I, sh I came here to enjoy music. Can you just play your music, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm feeling all right. Okay. Yeah, this is, yes, this is Cleveland, as a matter of fact. You, <laughs> like, and people are willing to, you know, shout back, do that thing. Metal Gear, you can watch that game. Right. Um, and then Many have. Play, yeah, and many have. Yes. And play some of it. Uh, if you want to. And I like the video game, like the mechanics of Metal Gear, I enjoy a lot. And the story, I could take or leave. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not shitting on them either. Anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. It's it's not that they are bad all the time. <laughs> there are definitely ones that are bad, but there's just something that you can't. I can't feel mm -hmm. like I'm in the game the way I can in Journey and Shadow of the Colossus there you go, and yeah, Undertale. Okay. Yeah, it's because if they were made into films or shows they wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. They would be worse. Right. If I saw a Shadow of the Colossus movie and just saw a dude wandering around in pretty scenery and then killing a couple... Like, I don't fucking give a shit. If I saw... I'd be willing to give that a shot, but Journey... Journey of, like... That would not be fun to watch. That... I mean, it would be a cute short film. Like... Mm. It'd be cute. It would be you quaint. Could, you could Pixar... Pixar eyes yeah, you could, that film. Yeah, yeah. you get a Pixar I, short I, out of that, maybe. But... I mean, feeling the way you do after seeing a cute film and being like, oh, wow, isn't the same as what Journey... Journey, like, in Journey, 
when I faked being dead because, mm -hmm. like, we got attacked by something, and I was with another human being, mm -hmm. and I just decided to lay on the floor to see what he would do, and he starts shouting repeatedly next to me, like, actually stressed. And that was the other aspect of, you know, community in these video games, and mm -hmm. Journey is amazing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, after we completed the game, it gives their screen name, and I was able to talk to him, and I immediately get a message of going, I thought you were dead in the snow section, you had me so worried. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to get up and drink? Like... The, it's a visceral feeling that movies can't do. Yes. I can't be like, oh man, when I was James Bond in the last Bond film, right. I was so... It's like, oh, I saw him kill that guy, that was fucked up. Not, I did this. You, it's, it's well, and personal. It's, it's, and the, the, the strongest emotion that seems to come out of that, it comes, in papers, it comes into Papers, Please, it comes into Journey, it comes into, I guess, mostly in Journey, and, um, yeah, and Undertale is... Journey pushing right yeah. is needing to push the experience for because it's not going to do it for you right yeah. it's not holding your hand if you don't make it go it won't go and right. that, that you could argue that that is a cheap method of investment but it's really good right. it is effective it works extremely well and that's why um story choice games we have a friend who thought that this was a Telltale style game where you just make moral choices all the way through. I describe this game to someone. This yeah. is a quirky bullet hell JRPG esque eight bit crazy th like. There's no just stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. yeah, just fucking play the game. Yeah, don't kill anybody, especially not Toriel. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna never I didn't know down. everybody needed a fucking hint on that one. <laughs> Jesus. I was. I've been. I'm, you just hate goat people. That's what it is. <laughs> they had it coming. Yeah. But yeah, like, or you have reverse Oedipus complex. I'd like reverse the first Oedipus. option better. Okay, <laughs> it's less to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the reverse Oedipus complex comment. So I, th me. but like, like I said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to seem like I was I was crapping on those games. But what I'm what I, well, the point I was trying to get at, which is that, you know, I think we're seeing we're seeing finally games that are you know that the moral choice system, which I think we all is is a gimmick beyond gimmick now. Yeah, and. I think that there is a striving for emotional complexity in endings to movies, which I would, and I, in my limited experience, would say that you know Bioshock Infinite tries to address. I think Spec, Op, Spec Ops: The Line has some elements where you know you you as your character do fucking horrible things in that game, and there is a sense that you know, you know you you have this is you have wrought this is what you have <laughs> yeah. wrought you know, and there there I think that games are kind of becoming aware, but. It is tough because something like Undertale, Papers, Please, Bioshock Infinite, Spec Ops Align, they can only build on our expectations and our assumptions of what it comes to be video games. Oh, yeah. I, Undertale we, can't exist in a vacuum. And that's, and that's the point is that you can't – this can't be its own genre. Right, because mm. something. I mean, the power of I mean, is this a problem? Because the power of this game. I'm, I'm deathly afraid of that because there's there's an extent to which I'm floored. Undertale didn't exist to this point. Like there's there are so many tropes in this game that I've just never seen exploited anywhere else. And f people you bring up Earthbound, but I mean, I was just after that time. So I, do they have a do they have a section where they twist the knife on you on a character you I don't know? I have absolutely no idea, but I've been told that. Much the way this game tells the story and gets you invested. I mean, people still give a shit. People are upset that uh, Lucas isn't in Smash Brothers, and it's because they have a deep attachment to those characters. But also, people are upset about. Are those anything. people crazy? 
I mean, people are upset that fucking, you know, there's a girl link now, so I don't know about... Actually, you know, never mind. Fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genocide back. run 2016. <laughs> but yeah, um, Telltale Games was the other moral choice reference that um, we would have been alluded to. But they're and, so frivolous in that game. And you have no obligation to hold to any choice that you've made. There's no... They're flavor. Yeah. You can backpedal as much as you want and just play it like a... Vi- like, you can turn it back into a video game. Right. Not to shit on any of those games. Yeah, no, yeah. there's still... There's there's a place for them. It's yeah. just somehow Undertale, the concept, again, of having characters that know they're in a game and don't want you to turn the game off because they don't want to go away. Right. Yeah. Should have happened by now. No. Like, it's, yeah, it's a never-ending story for video games, but in a, in a more powerful sense than yeah, once again. Because you were closer to it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just that that seems like and you can't do that twice. I don't think you can do it twice. No. It's, there should be no Undertale sequel. It wouldn't. Well, no, make but that's sense. And like, thankfully it, Toby Fox doesn't seem <laughs> ready to do anything else right now. No, so. I think this is this took a while to I, I assume, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this isn't something you do in a year, I don't think. Yeah. A year and a half. <laughs> he probably planned it out. That he, extra he, say, uh, it's probably been floating on his mind for a bit. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm done, man. I can't. I'm still processing. So. And then we'll get Toby on the podcast talk about Smash Brothers. Yeah. That's what he <laughs> wants to talk about. I mean, he's uh, he's in full. He's in full decompression mode from finishing a large project. That's, I'd imagine. He has no interest in doing interviews or any of that kind of bullshit. And I don't want him anyway because the author's dead. <laughs> Very important when talking about things that are cool. Ryan Riley. Yes. Closing thoughts. Well, obviously, I think this is worth anyone's time, even if, obviously, people who'd be listening to this have gone through it already. I hope. I hope so as well. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, spoilers three hours (laughs) in. (laughs) It's, I guess, there is a way in which this encompasses a new direction and a new experience in video games, and I am not merely seeking out novelty in life, but in ways that artfully, and I want to emphasize this, artfully use the resources and techniques and qualities available to them and then construct something from that that is both unique and more importantly, powerful and not in its uniqueness, but has quality through it as well because this could have been done poorly, but it wasn't. Yes, it could have. But it wasn't. And that's an overall important way to kind of realize that, you know, novelty or originality, which are these like, you know, sanctum, you know, these kind of ideals that we all try to strive for are no replacement for doing things of quality as well. And I think that that's the important thing that I, having gone through and, and you know, seen this and, and experienced it, which is the important key point we've been talking about, having yep. experienced this, I'm glad I did what I did and I'm glad I went through this. And I've rarely, you know, you kind of go through some video games where that's not always the feeling you get after you finish them. It, no. Like you said, it, it's... Uh, I fucking it, did it. Yeah, I've done a lot of games where I've ended the genocide <laughs> run, you know, and it's, uh, and it's something that, you know, I have, you've come out from and that will stick with you in an important way. And I'm pleased as punch that I got that experience. Dylan? Yeah, I'm happy to have another video game under my belt that I can say I have in a pers- a, like an emotional affinity towards. Um, Shadow of the Colossus for being a safe place, Journey for being um, just this, an actual, you know, emotional journey. And now this one, just reflecting on what it means to truly experience a situation and how video games separate themselves from different types of media in that experience. It, it surpasses movie or film in a way that it doesn't make it better, but it, it, it's one of those, I don't want to be that guy, but 
it brings back that maybe video games can be art in a way that other art can't be. Um, there's seeing... Let's hope. Yeah. I mean, seeing a picture of a painting and seeing the painting in person is different in the same way that watching a film and playing a video game can be different. And I think that's a very interesting and important movement for both video games and just, you know, my recreational enjoyment. It It's... It'll stick with me for a long time. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, people are talking about this game for the next five years. As someone who got into this game, mostly because they saw a bunch of dogs in it, um, I'm glad that a handful of other people at least affect to like the characters in it, get attached to the characters in it. I was kind of afraid I was going to come in here and, I mean, I got choked up five times recording this podcast just think I'm about to do it again. Like, thinking about characters like Azrael and Toriel. And I'll admit that I know from just personal experience that being a furry matters yeah. to my attachment to the characters in this game. But the fact that anybody who doesn't have that problem can see the dilemma in this game speaks volumes to what an achievement this game is, regardless of the timeline or the effort that Toby Fox put into it. I mean, he mentioned in an interview that uh, the start of this game was that he bought Game Maker and he needed to come up with a battle thing and then he built a game around it. Um, and those are the kind of humble beginnings that cause things to spiral out of control. And the fact that they didn't here is a profound blessing. Mm -hmm. Like, this game could have been so many other things that it wasn't. And I'm glad that he cares enough about what he does to not have this just turn into a quirky mess, which it could have very easily done. Most games like this do. What all of Homestuck is. <laughs> there are plenty of people that <laughs> fight you for saying that. I know them. But, but no, um, Undertale, I still, I'm still thinking about it really hard. I want to, in a year... Um, 2015 is probably the best year for video games ever. I will fight someone on that. Um, and Undertale, even though MGS5 is rather incredible, not if you play it now, it's shit, but if you <laughs> played it when it came out, that achievement, the fact that I can compare what Undertale is doing to the fact that Hideo Kojima's team destroyed Ubisoft's empire in one game... I think is about all I need to say about my impression of this game. Um, and with that, gents. Good evening. We're at like three and a half hours. I think that's probably enough time for now. Uh, and we didn't even get to any of the things Hanari actually wanted to talk about. So we may have to save that for later someday down the road once she's uh, gilded her second fan fiction. But until that happens, I don't know any of these terms. She says both of those things. This is David Paddock, Ryan Riley, and Dylan George signing off. Thanks for listening. <laughs>